It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Raj Gopalan, Peter V.S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg, explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG Guys. Hello and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB. When I'm not co-hosting this podcast with my partners, Sri and Brian, I serve as Partnership Acceleration Lead at Flywheel, the newest division of Omnicom that helps enterprise brands improve their SEO and SEM, growing their e-commerce businesses. I'm hosting today's episode by myself as my CPG Guys colleagues are otherwise indisposed. I think Shri is dealing with a flood of biblical proportion in Los Angeles today. So my heart goes out to Shri. He's uh, cleaning out the storm drains and trying to keep his house from uh, floating off down the hill in Woodland Hills. But in any event, before we get to our guest, uh, I want to ask you to help spread the word about this community we've created with the CPG guys beyond sharing our podcast with your friends and your colleagues. 
If you're using Apple or Spotify as your preferred listening platform, please, please, please leave us a rating as it helps feed the algorithm that makes us more findable by CPG retail professionals like you looking for education and entertainment. We're happy that the CPG Guys is also part of an impressive collective of highly rated podcasts, including CPG Guys Fast Forward, hosted by our very own Brian Gilderberg, CPG Scoop with Reese and Jennifer, and of course, Across the Pond, FMCG Guys with Daniel Afrain and Christine Daniel will be appearing this week at Retail Media Summit Canada hosted by the Path to Purchase Institute. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, finally, we're incredibly proud of our allyship with Next Up, a formerly known as Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance the cause of women in business and to promote gender equality in the workplace. Next Up has terrific educational and networking resources available to its members, and Shri serves as the director of Next Up. Links to our podcast, our sister casts, our landing page on Next Up, and the social media profiles of Shree's two performing artist daughters, Rhea and Lara, may be found in the digital liner notes of this episode. So let's get to our conversation. Our guest is making her second appearance on the CPG Guys podcast. She currently serves as managing editor for member content at the Path to Purchase Institute, where she has spent the last decade of her professional career. She's here to share with our audience some valuable insights from a new piece of research produced by the Institute that relates to our most favorite topic on this podcast, uh, the Retail Media Network Trend Survey is featured in the latest issue of P2PI Magazine under the headline, The Next Era of Retail Media. And as we record this episode, P2PI is preparing to host the Retail Media Summit Canada up in Toronto, my home and native land. And that is where our guest is today. Please join us in welcoming back to the podcast, Cindy Losa. Cindy, welcome. How are you doing? Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me back. It's so great to be here. I just arrived at Toronto. There you go. Well, we appreciate you making time to speak with us about uh, this great research your organization has just fielded. Before we get to our questions, uh, why don't we give our audience and remind them, what is the Path to Purchase Institute and exactly what is your role at P2PI? Sure. So the Path to Purchase Institute is a publication member organization that has been serving the needs of the commerce community for more than 30 years. And we do this in a variety of ways. Uh, we have share groups, in-person events, educational courses, newsletters, our magazine and website, uh, pdpi.com. Our website hosts thousands of in-store and digital images, some of them taken by me. <laughs> so you might spot my children on some ad and caps, but also campaign case studies, proprietary research reports, news stories, and in-depth profiles on more than 30 leading retailers across the globe. And I'll say that because we've always been so hyper-focused on the merchandising and marketing efforts of the retailers we cover. Retailer media networks are something early on that we knew we needed to explore, write about, and help our member community navigate. And that's a lot what I've been doing is writing about it, um, covering it, speaking at events about it. And nothing shows kind of like the enthusiasm and excitement to explore retail media more than our annual sold out retail media summits in Chicago. And now we've taken that event on the road. As you can see, we're here in Toronto and we'll be back in the UK in the fall. Well, we were very excited to be a part of the retail media summit in Chicago last year between the family of CPG guys, we were in no fewer than five sessions up on stage. So I know you and I shared one 
but uh, we're so excited and can't wait. I'm looking forward. I am planning on being at the one both in Chicago this coming summer and the one in the fall in the UK. So that'll be great. In the digital liner notes of this episode, we're going to include links to your LinkedIn profile, the Institute's LinkedIn page, your website, uh, all for our listeners to access while we go about our conversation. We're also going to include a direct link to the January-February issue of Path Purchase Institute magazine, which features the research that we're discussing and the title of it being The Next Era of Retail Media. So with no further ado, why don't we just get to the research at hand? Can't wait to hear your thoughts around this. So um, let's start with the research behind the trend study. How long have you been doing this particular type of research around retail media? Uh, when was the research for this report conducted? You know, all the details. How big was the audience and what was the professional makeup of the participants? Yeah, so a bit of background here. Um, we've been producing an annual trends report for nearly 30 years. Wow. So for each report, we pull several members of our CPG brand community to really examine and look into the major trends and issues affecting them and the commerce marketing community. Since retail media has been such a hot topic these past five years or more, we've made sure to include several questions related to retail media, as well as a section devoted to rating retailer media networks across various metrics. Something we did differently this year is run our trends report in two parts, with the first devoted only to retail media. And because we did this, we asked survey participants that they had to work with at least one retailer media network to participate. We ran the survey from September 18th to October 10th, and we picked the brains of about 76 CPG brand professionals. Most of those we spoke with were managers, with directors making up about 40% of survey takers and senior management making up only 6%. A third of those that took the survey worked at packaged food and snack manufacturers, but the rest of the people we spoke to worked in a variety of categories from OTC to beverage to household products. So thank you for sharing with us, Cindy, about the makeup of the respondents to the survey. So let's get to the actual results. What did respondents tell you about the change in their retail media investments versus the prior year? How did that differ from the responses you did get from them last year? And what do they say is the primary budget breakdown for investing in retail media networks? Yes. So as far as investments, when we asked participants how their company's retail media investments changed from 2023 compared to the year prior, 63% pointed to at least a minor increase in retail media spending this year compared to 2022. We more or less got the same results when we asked the same question last year. Uh, at the time, 54% pointed to at least a slight increase in their company's retail media investment year over year. I will say that our research team did point out a slight increase in the number of people reporting a decrease in investment year over year. It was just a slight. Uh, 7% reported a decrease in retail media investment in last year's survey versus 17% reporting a decrease in this year's report. When it came to budget sources, we asked CPG brand executives what percentage of their organization's retail media spending is provided by shopper marketing, national media, trade, and a dedicated retail media budget. And what we found was shopper marketing budgets were most commonly used, 
followed somewhat closely by trade, national media, and a dedicated retail media budget. I will say that it was almost evenly split. Shopper marketing was selected by 27%, 24% selected national media, the same amount selected trade, and 22% selected a dedicated media budget. And I'll add that we followed up on this question and asked how retail media budget allocations are determined at their organization. And the vast majority told us they are determined in the annual budget. And a third said it was determined campaign by campaign based on objectives. Okay, that's very fascinating. All right. So what's the general sentiment from respondents assessing retail media networks? And what challenges are they facing in working with these entities? Because a lot of them are just getting, it seems like there are new retail media networks emerging every day. And there are a lot of asks coming from their their partners. And, you know, the paradigm's kind of shifted. You know, for 100 years, the retailer was buying product from the manufacturer. And suddenly now the manufacturer is spending money on retail media. So I'd love to know what just the general sentiment is around retail media networks. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack here. Well, first, what really stood out to me in this report, Peter, is something that I think we've all suspected, and that's that CPG brands are juggling more retail media networks than ever before. CPG organizations are working with an average of eight retailer media networks today. And breaking it down and looking at it a little more closely, half of survey takers told us their organization currently works with three to six networks, while 36% said that they're working with more than 10 retailer media networks. Wow. Yeah. And just to give you something to compare to, um, in the summer of 2022, we asked the same question in another research report. And at the time, more than half told us similar that they were working with three to five networks, but only 6% said that they were working with more than 10 networks. So that's a huge jump in less than a year. And... As far as the general sentiments of retailer media networks too, so for the past few years, we've tried to gauge respondents' assessment of retailer media networks by asking them if they would say retailer media networks are a simple money grab for the retailers, effective, but not more so than other digital media, more effective than other digital media or something else. And nearly 70% found retailer media networks as effective, if not more effective than other digital media. And breaking that down, 43% said they were effective, but no more so than other digital media. And over a quarter said retailer media networks are more effective than other digital media. Still, there's some holdouts. About 20% said it was a simple money grab for retailers. Beyond general sentiments, we also ask survey takers when we ask them every year to name the most challenging aspect in working with retailer media networks. And about a quarter pointed to increased costs or minimum spend requirements and a lack of data and data sharing. And survey takers also pointed to challenges like clear attribution and the ability to prove ROI, followed by a lack of consistent measurement across retailers. And as you know, I just mentioned earlier, the complexity of managing multiple retailer media networks in the marketplace. And yet they are still increasing the number of retail media networks that they're engaging with. So that kind of begs the question, what is the promise, the future state that they want retail media networks to deliver? And you know, what is the next frontier for advancement in this media channel, according to your, your respondents? Yeah, so 
As far as the next frontier, survey takers pointed to a couple up and coming areas in retail media. Most notably, 66% said omni-channel audience tracking and at least half pointed to increased personalization, AI technology, shoppable video content, and in-store digitalization. Now, as far as the promise they want retail and media networks to deliver, if I can, I want to pivot a little because in the same issue of the magazine, we have results from another research report we did with Sky and a little background on that. Every year, Sky does this wonderful state of retail media report. And this year, they partnered with us to do it. We did the surveys back to back, making sure not to overlap on questions and really complement each other. And we ran this survey for about a month between October and November and polled about 100 CPG brands and agency professionals. And I bring this up because in that report, we asked participants what would accelerate their organization's investment in retail media in the future. And nearly half of those surveyed said investment in retail media would accelerate if it delivered a higher ROI compared to other channels. Other investment accelerators included improved insights for retailer media networks, the ability to better measure upper funnel impact, and measurement innovations for better and easier value proof. On the other hand, we also asked what the critical challenges are that might drive their organization to invest less in retail media in the future. And 53% of participants pointed to limitations in analytics and reporting. 41% pointed to lower ROI compared to other advertising channels. And 38% pointed to difficulty proving investment incrementality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think that to some degree, when Amazon launched Amazon advertising, they kind of did themselves a disservice because they became so really good at measuring mid to lower funnel activation that when they started introducing upper funnel activities and it's the attribution window is and time period is much longer, that it, it's made it harder for them to convince brands to invest in those kind of capabilities because they're so accustomed to getting really granular, accurate measurement on the lower funnel activity. So I think that's probably why you're hearing some of those responses. I want to remind our audience that I'm speaking today with Cindy Loza from the Path to Purchase Institute. We're talking about a new survey and report that they have authored around retail media. So in the survey, you produced an assessment on 25 retail media networks across seven attributes. Can you walk us through this part of the survey? And are there any particular call-outs you want to make in terms of which platform or platforms really stood out to your respondents? Yes, of course. Now, this is our fifth year where we've asked survey takers to rate the retailer media networks that they work with on their relative strengths across seven key performance metrics. And those metrics are targeting effectiveness, measurement capabilities, ROI, data sharing, sales growth, creative freedom, and traffic driving capabilities. We had about 25 networks rated, but only published 18 of the networks our survey takers work with the most. PDPI members get the full results if they go on the website, though. Now, it's hard to say which network did the best because it really varies by metric. But it's safe to say Kroger, Amazon, and Walmart yeah. did really well. And you know, if we're looking at just those three, Amazon led the way in targeting effectiveness with 92% of survey participants giving the network at least a good rating in this metric. 
If you look at measurement capabilities, ROI, data sharing, and sales growth, Kroger Precision Marketing was ahead with at least 80% of participants, giving it a good rating for these metrics. And on the other hand, Walmart Connect had a slight edge on these networks when it came to traffic driving capabilities with 82% of survey takers giving the network at least a good rating for this metric. But whichever way you look at it, a majority of participants saw these three networks and that gave these good networks a good rating across these metrics. Yeah, I'll get my POV on this. You know, Amazon obviously has built a really powerful network. Amazon Marketing Cloud allows for a very refined targeting capability to do offsite measurement. You can look at customer long-term value as a metric. So I can understand why Amazon's very strong. Kroger, you know, 96 cents of every dollar that happens through a Kroger transaction is captured and associated with a household. So their ability to actually have meaningful data and their history in sharing that is also quite honest within the industry, rather. So I'm not surprised by that. And lastly, you know, Walmart Connect, you know, the challenge with Walmart, right, is, is that a large percentage of their in-store transactions are cash. And so they're not just not able to tokenize transactions, say, like their sister company, Sam's Club does, where 100% of all transactions are associated with a household. But the fact that, to your point, they drive a lot of volume is what is so appealing about that. So I think they all have a really interesting approach to this. So what was the overall assessment of retail media networks and where did your respondents rank it in terms of importance relative to other marketing channels that they employ? So as I mentioned earlier, 69% of those we spoke to found retailer media networks as effective, if not more effective than other digital media. I'll say that when we dug a little deeper on, we did dig a little deeper on this question and we asked each respondent to explain their answer. And we found for those who believe retail media is effective, but no more effective than other digital media, they mentioned costs and limitations of retail media, as well as the effectiveness of other tactics like social media and achieving similar goals. Um, Some of the comments that we heard were, they see the same or ROI as they've seen from social media, price premiums for first-party data far away the utility of the data, and they are still getting solid ROAS from other non-retailer-specific media channels and platforms at lower cost. Those who say retail media is more effective than other digital media attribute it to first-party data, closed-loop measurement, and targeting capabilities. Comments from survey takers highlighted better CPM with less investment, it strengthens negotiations with the retailer, and a direct tie to sales and more input over how they can pull the strings on specific products to reach certain audiences. So I I think you highlighted one little nugget in there that I want to bring to everyone's attention and talk about strengthening negotiations with the retailer, right? As I referenced earlier in our conversation, for 100 plus years, it was the retailer writing the check. And now suddenly the brands are writing the check and it requires an all entirely new negotiation dynamic because each of them is an economic buyer and it's not about a transaction. It is about a long-term relationship. So I think there's a real desire to make it so that both the retailer and the brand can win because it's really powerful. And I think getting to a better CPM is ultimately the objective, uh, but there also has to be some recognition on the brand side that it's not just a pure CPM play, that having that attribution and measurement is really powerful. 
So when we look at the different components of a retail media network offering, what's core to brand strategies and which ones are growing versus declining in terms of budget investment, according to your respondents? Yeah. So going back to the research we did with Sky, in that survey, we shared a list of specific components with survey takers like in-store and on-site to understand which ones were part of their organization's current retail media strategy. And what we found was that organizations are leveraging a variety of tactics, most commonly on-site digital ads on retailer websites, paid search shopping ads like Google Shopping, social commerce such as TikTok Shop and Facebook Marketplace, and off-site ads. We shared the same list of retail media components and asked participants to look ahead to their organization's 2024 budget plans uh, to really to understand how their budget plans will differ compared to last year when it came to those specific tactics. And we found that nearly 70% reported at least a slight increase in retailer on-site tactics like sponsored products and paid search. And more than half also reported at least a slight increase in social commerce and off-site ads. Yeah, I can totally understand the on-site advertising. It is still the most accurate and the quickest way to get conversion and drive your numbers. When you start going up or funnel, it becomes an early awareness tactic. And the same, social commerce is a whole nother animal that's really growing with the likes of TikTok shops and everybody wanting to get into this space. I think it, that will be yet another transformation to how commerce occurs. Examining incrementality specifically as an output, how are your respondents defining incrementality? Because I think it's very important to understand that not everybody has the same definition, you know, and what challenges are they facing being able to extract incrementality either from the RM and delivering that measure themselves or to your point earlier about making that data available? so that a brand can run their own measurements to feel confident in the results. Yeah, so incrementality came up a lot in the research we did with Sky. Um, first, we asked how survey takers define it within their organization. And with that, we found there's a wide range of definitions. The most common definitions consider things like ad attributed conversions of new to brand customers, showing a product ad to customers who have not purchased the product before, and serving ads where products are not already showing up in organic results. When we asked what challenges they had faced, if any, trying to implement incrementality measurement in their retail media strategy, at least half of respondents reported concerns with the accuracy and or reliability of incrementality results, as well as limited tools or technologies to support the measurement. Lack of standardization and data were also called out by 43% of survey takers. Looking at how CPG brand professionals compared to agency professionals, CPG brand executives were more likely to say they had difficulty distinguishing between organic and driven sales when trying to implement incrementality measurement compared to agency professionals that we spoke to. We also asked survey takers to describe their organization's proficiency in incrementality measurement for retail media. And 56% of respondents told us that their organization measurement incrementality at a base level, with only 30% reporting their organizations are good or extremely good at measuring incrementality and applying or leveraging the insights. 
Yeah, two thoughts around this, the ad attributed conversions of new to brand customers. The big challenge there is when you're working in a single retailer, right? Are they new to brand or are they new to brand in that specific channel or retailer? And being able to tease out, you can't do that with just a retail media network because they maybe they were never buying that household product at Walmart. They were always buying it at their grocery retailer, and now suddenly they are buying it. It's new to brand to Walmart, but it may not be new to brand to the brand itself. It's more new to brand in the channel. So that's always a challenge. The other one is around this goal of trying to get to the holy grail of measuring all of my retail media platforms using the same methodology, hoping that the retailers themselves will all align to the same mechanism. Up until now, that's been a challenge. Fortunately, there's been movement afoot amongst the retail media platforms themselves under the auspices of the IAB to try and come up with some standardized measures. But I think that this grand vision of I can go extract all of the data from each of the retail media platforms, put it into my single mechanism, push a button and calculate retail media across all of the different platforms is wholly unrealistic because at the end of the day, these retailers are not going to let you take their data and plug it into your black box and mix it, commingle it with other retailers' data. There, there are some mechanisms that you can do to try and approach it, but we're moving in the right direction. It's just, I think, this promised land of I can do a measurement, I can API my way into all of the data sets or in a clean room and be able to do that is the promise isn't quite there yet. Um, lastly, how coordinated are retail media networks with other digital ad channels, according to your respondents? Yeah, so when we ask participants how coordinated and integrated their organization's retail media is with other digital channels, nearly half told us their organization's retail media either largely aligns with other channels with occasional discrepancies in messaging or strategy, or seamlessly managed alongside other channels with consistent messaging and strategy. However, a third reported notable gaps in coordination. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a challenge trying to uh, coordinate with disparate uh, digital channels. Just because it's digital doesn't mean they all plug and play. I, I liken it to having a power socket in the wall and having one device with an American outlet, another one with a UK one, another one with one from the mainland, and yet another one from Australia. So it's a little bit challenging, but I absolutely agree. It's, uh, it's aspirational, but we're moving in the right direction. I want to remind our audience, please go visit cpgguys.com where you can find all of our content. And if you think you and your company has some thought leadership to contribute to our ongoing discussion, just drop us an email at cpgguys by going to contact at cpgguys.com. Maybe you can join us for a future episode of this podcast. And of course, if you're on Apple or you're on Spotify, please, after you listen to the end of this episode, toggle over to the digital liner notes, scroll down and click a star rating. I'm not going to tell you which one to choose, but my favorite number is five. I like five. Five is my favorite number. Uh, and of course, thanks to the 28,000 plus followers on LinkedIn. We really appreciate the fact that you turned us to be educated and entertained about this industry we're in. Cindy, thank you for giving us this quick little high-level summation of what the research says. We're going to include in the digital liner notes of this episode 
a link to the article that you mentioned. And uh, if you want to get access to all 25 retailer networks, make sure you are a subscriber to the Path to Purchase Institute. And I highly recommend it. The, the Institute is such an incredible resource to the industry. If you or your company aren't already subscribing members, getting access to all the wonderful images that Cindy takes of her kids at retail. But in all seriousness, um, the intelligence that they bring to the industry, the thought leadership, the research, and the community that they create in their events, it's incredibly, incredibly valuable. But uh, Cindy, thanks for taking time and good luck in Toronto uh, as you kick off the first ever Retail Media Summit Canada this week. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We are so excited and I can't wait to hear and see. I know Daniel will certainly be as representing the FMCG guys will be interviewing. He'll be posting social media. So if you're not following Daniel, make sure you do go to FMCG guys on LinkedIn. You can learn all about that. Great research. Please avail yourself of this article. You will be much more knowledgeable about the industry and this particular marketing channel. Uh, I advise you and we look forward to our audience joining us on the very next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.